Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today. I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Uh, I've been conducting a series on the spirit realm, and I've been uh, talking about this for the last several weeks now. You know, it's important that we uh, realize that there is a spirit realm. So many folk, including Christians, are just aware of the natural realm, but there is a spirit realm, and we need to be aware of it. It's very, very real, and it's really more real than the natural realm. But uh, the reason I'm teaching this series is just to make everyone aware that there is a spirit realm. And so uh, if you've missed any of my uh, previous uh, sessions on this, I want to invite you to go to our archives and you can catch up on anything that you may have missed. And uh, the first session we talked about, I talked about God, you know, God is a spirit being. And then I talked about human beings, human beings are spirit beings who possess souls and live in human bodies. And then I spent a session on, on the holy angels. And uh, the Bible says that, that angels, they're, they're, they are very real, that angels are ministering spirits. And uh, remember about the spirit realm, you can't see it with your natural eyes, but it's there. Just because you see it doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. It's invisible to, to us, but it's there. And, uh, and, and unless God, you know, would allow you to, to, to see over into the spirit realm, it's, it's invisible to us. But I've been talking to you about how people in the Bible were, you know, uh, the Lord allowed them to uh, see over into the spirit realm and they saw, you know, angels and so on and so forth. And we, we talked about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the throne of God and how um, the, some of the prophets, a couple of the prophets were caught up to the throne of God and saw, you know, the seraphim. We talked about the seraphim, the cherubim, you know, holy angels of God. And, uh, but anyway, we, we talked about the holy angels and, 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 but, but the spirit realm is invisible. And because it's invisible, so many people just, you know, pay no mind to it, don't even realize it's there, but it's there. And we need to be aware of it, as I've said. But there are angels. So I spent a whole session on the holy angels, ministering spirits who are sent forth to minister on our behalf. And then last week, I, I centered in on uh, Lucifer, who is an angel. And is it cherubim, actually? We, we saw that from the Bible, but is fallen. He's a fallen angel. And I talked uh, exclusively about that last week in the whole session about how Lucifer fell and became Satan. And then I also noted from the Bible how when he uh, did, when, when Lucifer fell and became the devil, became Satan. See, God didn't create the devil is the devil. God created him as a beautiful angel, perhaps the most beautiful angel of all. And, uh, but that went to his head and Lucifer was, you know, pride rose up in him and, uh, uh, he led a rebellion against God and that, uh, you know, he was cast out of heaven. And when that happened, when that was all going on, the Bible tells us that he, he drew a third of the other angels and led a conspiracy against God and uh, it was a terrible thing and uh, was thrown out of heaven and so forth and so on. And we talked all about that last week. So anyway, that kind of catches us up to, uh, to where we are right now. Again, if you missed, uh, if you missed that last week, go back and listen to it. I think it'd be, it would do you good because a lot of people, you know, they'll ask, they'll say, well, why did, why did God create the devil? You know, why did God create the devil? Well, 
you know, God didn't create the devil as the devil. He created the devil as a, he didn't create the devil. He created Lucifer, a beautiful angel. But then the Bible says that iniquity was found within uh, Lucifer and he made a, a decision to rebel against God and sin, sin came about. He sinned and was, uh, is a terrible thing and, and became a fallen angel. A third of the other angels fell with him and so forth and so on. So anyway, I gave you an assignment last week. It's kind of a little review for you there, but I gave you an assignment last week to read Genesis uh, chapter one, the first three verses. And uh, uh, so let's turn in our Bibles there to Genesis chapter one, verse one. And uh, this will have to do and kind of uh, uh, tie in with the fall of Lucifer. And that's why I'm reading this here. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, when God created the heavens and the earth, we need to realize something. Go to the, hold your place in Genesis 1, but go to the book of Job, Job, J-O-B. Go to the book of Job, chapter 38. And I want to point out to you that uh, when God created the earth, the angels had already been created. Uh, the Bible said, you know, that God spoke and the angels were created, spirit beings. And, uh, but but Job will tell us that the angels had already been created before God made the earth. Now look at this here, Job 38 verse 4. Uh, God is speaking to Job and he says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Uh, you know God's talking to Job here. Uh, and then he says, Or who stretched the line upon it? Talking about the earth. Uh, to what were its foundations fastened or who laid its cornerstone? Uh, and so God is essentially asking Job some questions. He, he said, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? But then verse seven here says, when the morning stars sang together. Now that's talking about angels. When the morning stars sang together, that's talking about angels. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, the sons of God here have to do with angels. And so he says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Well, they were shouting for joy and singing when God laid the foundation of the earth. And so... I think it's important that we understand that, that, uh, that, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, but the angels had already been created when God made the earth. And then in verse 2, the Bible says, the, this is Genesis now, chapter 1, verse 2. So in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The angels were already in existence. But then it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, you know, it, that doesn't sound like the way God would create something in darkness without form and void. It just doesn't doesn't fit with the way God does things. And uh, it's interesting if you look at Isaiah, the 45th chapter. If you look at Isaiah 45, verse 18, you'll see that God did not create the earth without form and in void and darkness. 
Okay, let's read this. Isaiah 45, 18 says this. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. So the Bible says he didn't create it in vain. Well, okay, here's what you need to realize. If you looked up in your Hebrew concordance, you would see that the in vain there, that's the same Hebrew word that has to do with the void and darkness of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. So the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 that the earth was without form and void, okay? But Isaiah 45, 18 says God did not create it that way, without form and void. So what, what, what can we conclude here? That God created the heavens and the earth, the angels were already in existence. He creates the he creates the earth and the angels are singing. But then something happens and it becomes without form and void and darkness. And so the question would be what possibly happened to cause this void and darkness? Okay? Cuz again just I like to repeat, I'm a teacher, repetitions is seat of learning here. So so the angels had already been created. God creates the earth, and the Bible says that he did not create it without form and void, but then the Bible tells us that Isaiah says he didn't create it without, he didn't create it, you know, without form and void and darkness. He didn't create it that way. But then Genesis 1 2 says, all of a sudden now the earth is without form and void and darkness is upon it. So what happened? Something must have happened, and, uh, and I think, that and many Bible scholars believe this. Some would argue with it, but I believe that this is perhaps where the fall of Lucifer took place between Genesis chapter one verse one and chapter one verse two. And 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 if you would uh, hold your place there in Genesis one, but now look at Isaiah fourteen. We looked at this last week, but it bears repetition here. Isaiah fourteen twelve says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, which would imply the earth, uh, you who weakened the nations? And uh, it's, it's very possible. It's very possible. Now, I'm not dogmatic about this, but it's very possible that before Adam and Eve were ever uh, created and put in the Garden of Eden, that Lucifer was reigning upon the earth over what what is uh, typically typically called a pre-Adamic race. Now, I'm not dogmatic about this, saying that that is a hundred percent the way it was, because the Bible's not a hundred. The Bible's not hundred percent clear on it. Okay, so we we don't know. So it's a theory, but it it makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, so the Bible says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground who weaken the nations? And then he says, "For the Bible says, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Well, he'd be on the earth ascending into heaven. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. So he had a throne and it was upon the earth. Let's read this again. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? So must have been nations upon the earth before uh, Adam and Eve. 
you have said in your heart, I'll ascend into heaven. So he's going to ascend into heaven. I'll exalt my throne. So he had a throne above the stars of God. Isn't that interesting? I'll sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. And that's on the throne of God. Talked about that last week. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. So apparently, and then he said, I'll be like the most high. And of course, he got booted out. But he apparently had a throne upon the earth. Lucifer did. He was ruling over a pre-Adamic race, nations. Again, people would argue with this and say, Pastor Terry, that's just wrong. It may well be wrong, but it may well also be right because you got a lot of good, good Bible scholars that argue, uh, vehemently for this and you have some that argue against it. So do your own study, see what you come up with. Uh, let me say this to you. What I'm sharing with you now is not a heaven hell issue. In other words, uh, you know, Lucifer may have been, uh, ruling over a pre-Adamic race. He may not have. Either way, you know, <laughs> You know, it, our eternal salvation does not hinge on on that. Okay, so we could disagree on this and still be 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 buddies. Okay, uh, what we have to agree on is you know who Jesus is. You know, we have to agree on that he's the Son of God. We have to agree that he's virgin born. We have to agree that he lived a sinless life. We have to agree that that you know you know he the, the, he's the Son of God. He died on the cross. He he uh, you know shed his blood. He was buried he, on the third day. He rose from the dead. You know, we have to agree on that. We have to agree that the only way to miss hell and make heaven is by you know, placing your faith with a repentant heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are essentials. You have, we have to agree on that. Are we, are we just really can't walk together? Okay. But these sorts of things, when I say walk together, I mean as brethren, you know, so on and so forth. We got to agree on that, on, on who Jesus is. You understand. But we can disagree on a pre-Adamic race and, and still be buddies and still be, you know, walk together and get along just fine. You know, uh, but there's people argue about this stuff. They'll argue, argue. When I was younger, I'd argue, I'd argue, 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 you know, and then I'm right, I'm right. I'm Well, <laughs> as I've gotten older, I, these, you know, there may have been a pre-Adamic race. There may not have been. I don't know for sure, but it seems to me that there was. And from my years of study, and apparently Lucifer was reigning over pre-Adamic race. You say, why are you covering all this? What does this have to do? Like my mother said, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? Well, you'll see here in a minute because we, where did demons come from? Well, maybe this will uh, help explain. Let me move on. We'll come back to, to demons here in a moment. But so there's a pre-Adamic race, I believe, here upon the earth. And Lucifer, he drew a third of the angels. They, they, he was going to ascend above the heights of the clouds and take over. And God uh, threw him out, cast him out. And, uh, and, and when that happened, when God cast him out, I believe that's when this darkness and void came upon the face of the earth. That, that's what I believe in a lot of good Bible scholars believe it also. And you know, it's called the gap theory, G-A-P. It's called the gap theory between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. And you know, it, 
you know, it would explain a lot of things. You know, there's people that will, will you know, this the old earth or the young earth. Some people believe the earth is billions of years old. Some people believe the earth is 6,000 years old. And there's good scientists that'll argue either side of that. And uh, again, I'm not going to argue with anybody on it. I've studied into it. You could argue either one and make good points on either side. And you can debunk things on either side. Again, it's not a heaven-hell issue. But this gap theory, to me, would explain uh, a lot of things. I, I personally think this gap theory is correct. And uh, that there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And that's where the uprising of Lucifer took place and all of that. But... Uh, uh, what what I think, as I've studied it, I could be right, I could be wrong, but uh, I, I, I personally think that the earth is billions of years old. That's what I personally think. Could be right, could be wrong. People argue either side of it. But I think it's very clear man has been on the earth since Adam and Eve for 6,000 years. I think we can, we can study the Bible and, and, and see that, that man has been on the earth now about 6,000 years, but the earth could be billions of years old. And, uh, you know, this would also explain, uh, this, this gap theory would explain, you know, the dinosaurs. And I know some people say that, you know, the dinosaurs were on the earth within the last 6,000 years. I don't, uh, I don't think so. Uh, just watch, <laughs> make a funny with you here. Just watch Jurassic, <laughs> watch Jurassic Park sometime and, and 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 anyway i don't think that dinosaurs cohabitated with man but you know again i'm not a scientist you know i'm i'm a pastor and used to be a math teacher i was laughing about jurassic park cuz i was watching that with a lady well my wife and i were watching it with a couple some other people and uh there was a lady that was uh had never seen it before <laughs> she was at our house and uh, she is kind of heavy set, and she was uh, she she'd never seen it before, and and she was sitting on on my uh, my in my chair, and, uh, and I mean she was on the edge of her seat. Now I had seen it before, and I was on the edge of my seat when I saw it the first time, but uh, she's on the edge of her seat, and uh, and I'll never forget. <laughs> When that, when that, uh, when that dinosaur, when that guy was sitting on that toilet, you know, in that outhouse, and that dinosaur, somehow or another, the top of that house got knocked off, and that guy sitting there looking at that dinosaur, and that dinosaur came down and and and, and just just gobbled that guy sitting on that toilet up. I remember this heavy set lady. I mean, she jumped and she tipped back in the, or no, she didn't tip back. She went forward and the chair tipped over on the top of her. So she's laying there on the floor with the chair on, on top of her. We had, to, we had to lift the chair back up off her. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, you have to have a little fun as you go. But um, be that as it may, uh, uh, I don't think dinosaurs, uh, if they're anything like on Jurassic Park, uh, coexisted with man. Uh, and there again, people argue both sides of that. But actually, what I think happened is God created the heavens and the earth. And then this uprising of Lucifer took place. And I think that what God did is he withdrew himself. Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And I think God just withdrew himself 
in judgment against the earth that was at that time. You know, the Bible talks about the world that then was. Do a little study on that sometime. And, and, and I think if you just studied on that, look, look some scriptures up on that. And the Bible talks in the New Testament about, about the world that was. And I believe it's referring to, say, Pastor Terry, give us the scripture for that. No, you go get your concordance. Look it up yourself. Uh, the Bible talks about the world that then was. I think Peter was talking about it. I'll, I'll narrow it down for, I think, First Peter or Second Peter. It, it's talking about this, I, I think, this, this, uh, this earth before Adam and Eve was put on it. And what happened was, I believe God just withdrew himself in judgment from the earth and the nations that were upon the earth. And, and you know what? Uh, that pre-Adamic race and, and whatnot, and, and, and God just withdrew himself. And, you know, when he withdraws himself, light's withdrawn. And, you know, that would explain the ice age because there's been an ice age here upon the earth. That would explain that, wouldn't it? I, I, I think it does. In fact, now, I've never studied deep into this, but I, I, I read one time and heard several different reputable people say it that, that they have, uh, and we know the dinosaurs existed. I mean, you know they did because of the fossils and all of that. But be that as it may, that some of the dinosaurs were, were frozen with, with vegetation in their mouth, like, like that fast. Now, you know, I, I haven't studied deep into that, but it would explain, if you think about God just withdrawing himself, and, um, and my goodness gracious, uh, you <laughs> have an ice age, I'll tell you for sure, when you remove light, I tell you what, it'll, it'll, free, it'll freeze things up. And so that's what I think happened. And um, so anyway, uh, I, I'm sharing this with you. Well, if you say, Pastor Terry, you're talking about the spirit realm. Yeah, I know. And you'll see how this ties in in a moment. But, you know, this is this is interesting, if nothing else. But um, but then in, in chapter Genesis, chapter one, verse three, the Bible says, then God said, let there be light. Actually, the Hebrew says it this way, light be. And so God essentially is the earth. He creates the heavens and the earth. And, and it's, it's, it's not created void and darkness. It's created beautifully and all of that. And, and apparently Satan is ruling upon, uh, over some sort of a pre-Adamic race. But then there's that uprising and God withdraws himself. And then at some point, God is going to reintroduce himself and he says, light be. And then, as you look in Genesis chapter 1 on down through there, through those verses, as you look at that, argument can be made that the creation of Genesis appears to be, at least in part, a renovative process. A renovative process. You know what I mean, renovated? It's like uh, uh, the Bible talks in the book of Revelation about a new heaven and a new earth. But, you see, it's not new from the standpoint and that's laying on out in the future. It's not talking about there's going to be a brand new earth that God's going to make. He's going to renovate this old one. And so that's what I believe happened in Genesis chapter 1 is that it, a lot of that was a renovative process because God had withdrawn himself and things lay in void and darkness. And now God reintroduces himself and light be and light was. And then, and then the next thing you know, he makes man and Adam and Eve and so forth. And, uh, but hey, with that being said, look at Genesis chapter one, look at verse 27. God created man in his own image, the Bible says, Genesis 1, 27. In the image of God created he him. Now this is after the fall of Lucifer. And now we have male and female created he them on the earth. We've got Adam and Eve. 
Look at verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Replenish it. Now, it's interesting in the King James Version, this word replenish is used twice. It's used here in Genesis where I just read it, where God's telling Adam and Eve to replenish the earth. So that would imply to me that it had already been plenished. Well, that would have been that pre-Adamic race. And now God's telling man to replenish it, replenish it. And uh, the only other time this occurs, this word in the, in the King James Version, is in Genesis 9, verse 1, after the flood of Noah's day, after the flood of Noah's day, and God blessed Noah, this is Genesis 9, 1, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. There's that word replenish again used twice in the King James Version, only twice, and we see it when he, when God talks to Adam and Eve, replenish the earth. Well, apparently it had been plenished before with that pre-Adamic race. Now he's telling them to replenish it. And then after the flood of Noah's day, uh, there's only eight souls on the earth, and he tells them to replenish it. See, it had been plenished if you will, from Adam and Eve down to the time of Noah and man had multiplied upon the earth and there was a considerable number. But then the flood of Noah's day, uh, only eight soul, eight people were left. Eight souls were left, the Bible says, and he tells them to replenish it again. So just interesting. I think this word replenish kind of helps to prove that gap theory. But anyway, so I've talked about Lucifer, you know, who became Satan. I've talked about the fallen angels, but said all that to say this. What about the demons? Because I believe that there's a difference between, we're talking about the spirit world, there's a difference between fallen angels and demons, okay? You, you understand? So, I mean, let me review a little bit. We got God, okay? He's in a class by himself. He created man a little, the Bible says, just a, lower, a little lower than himself, okay? So, man is a spirit being, so God is at the top. He makes man just a little lower than himself. If you study the Bible, you'll see that man is in a higher class spiritually, ranks higher than the angels. Okay, so you got the then you got the you got the holy angels. Okay, and then after that, then you got the fallen angels and then demons. So God is at the top spiritually. Man is created in a spiritual class, just a little lower than God. And then of course you have the holy angels, and then you have the fallen angels. And then the demons. Let me just say this. I didn't intend to say this, but I think it's good. When, when we're talking about God is at the top spiritually and then man, but you have to realize when Adam sinned, he fell. He fell through the ranks spiritually. He fell down below, uh, the, the, the fallen angels. You study your Bible, you'll see that spiritually speaking in rank. But bless God, when Jesus died on the cross and and went through his redemptive work and everything. The Bible says God made him a little while lower than the angels. Now, I'm not going to teach on all that right now, but it's interesting what Jesus did in his redemptive work, along with a whole bunch of other things, is he raised fallen man back up spiritually to where he was when he was created in the Garden of Eden. So you see, God is the highest rank of spiritual being that there is. Man was created a little lower than himself, 
but then man fell all the way through the ranks spiritually down below the fallen angels. But Jesus came and brought man all the way back up. Glory to God to where he was before he fell. So you see, frankly, I, I got to tell you, if you're out there listening to me and you're not born again, you rank, you're, you're low, lowest on the totem pole. You're right down there with the fallen angels and the demons, spiritually speaking. But you repent of your sins, receive Jesus that quick. You go, you, you leave the kingdom of darkness, go over into the kingdom of light, and you spiritually go all the way back up right to where man was uh, before he fell in the Garden of Eden, spiritually speaking. That's exciting. I didn't intend to say that, but I think it's good nonetheless. So you have God is the highest rank spiritual being, and then and then what we would say now, saved man, somebody that's saved, received Jesus. And then you've got the holy angels. Now, now the, the holy angels are more powerful, obviously, than man in strength, but spiritual rank, study your Bible, we out we outrank them absolutely because we're created in God's class. Study your Bible. I just read it uh, that that we were created. I believe I just read it. We're created in the likeness and image of God. Angels were not, but uh, so you have God is at the top. Mankind, born again, mankind is next, and then you've got the holy angels, and then you have the fallen angels and the demons, and then of course lost mankind would would rank down it there at the bottom. But be that as it may. Uh, uh, so, so what I was saying before I got off on all that, sometimes those little side journeys do you as much good as anything, just interesting. But there's a difference, I believe, between the fallen angels and the demons. I believe there's a difference, a distinction there. Now, some people would argue that they're one and the same, that fallen angels are demons. I don't think so. I think they're different. Again, I could be right, I could be wrong, but fallen angels, we talked about them, but the, I went through all that with the gap theory and everything to say this. I believe that the demons are disembodied spirits from that pre-Adamic race. They, they were followers of Lucifer. It appears to me that they, 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 from just my opinion, they were, they were a part to some degree of that uprising that he, that he led against God. And I think that's what, where the demons are, or where they come from, is disembodied spirits from that pre-Adamic race. That's, that's, you study anything about demons, you see they, they seek out a body. They want a body to manifest in this natural realm. Uh, they had apparently some sort of a body back there before God withdrew himself and, and, and <laughs> that ice age flood, whatever you want to say, when he, when he judged the earth and it was laid without form and void and all of that. But, uh, but, but those bodies were destroyed, but those spirits lived on. And that's what I think. Now, I could be right, I could be wrong, but I think that there's a distinction between fallen angels and demons. So you say, well, how does this help me live my practical life? Well, I tell you what, <laughs> you need to understand some things about the devil and demons because like I've said, the Bible says, I brought it out last time, if you don't understand some things about them, they'll be able to take advantage of you. So I think it's worth, worthwhile just having some idea of where they came from. And uh, like I said, I could be right, could be wrong, but interesting nonetheless, some food for thought. But I think the fallen angels and the demons are different. Are, are different. Uh, some people say they're the same. I think they're different. But anyway, with that being said, uh, back in Genesis... What happens is, is then, then in the process of time, God makes man, Adam and Eve, tells him to replenish the earth and all of that. But then uh, what happens is, is, is that uh, 
uh, Satan comes into that garden and he, 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 the, the serpent cooperated with him. And, and somehow or another, I'm, this is just again what I think, somehow or another Satan entered that serpent, somehow or another. Absolutely. And uh, well, we see, remember when Jesus cast uh, the demons out of that, that man named Legion or that, I don't know what the man's actual name was, but the demons were named Legion. There was thousands of demons in that one guy and Jesus cast them out. And remember where those demons went? They went into the, that herd of swine. So yeah, it's possible for, for, for demonic power to enter into animals. Absolutely. You see that in the Bible. We'll talk about that in a future session. But I think what happened in the Garden of Eden is that, uh, that's, you know, I hate snakes. Just absolutely hate them. They cooperated with Satan. And somehow or another, Satan, uh, used that, that serpent and, and, and spoke to Eve, deceived her, and so on and so forth. And then, and then Adam, he ate of the fruit also. And I'm not going to teach on that right now. But you, you had, you had, uh, Lucifer who became Satan involved in the fall of mankind. Okay, and then if you go to Genesis 6, I could talk a long time about that, but I'm trying to speed things along here. Let's go to Genesis 6 and notice verse 1. And it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God. Now, this is making reference here to angels. All right, angels. And uh, these no doubt were... Um, Fallen angels, okay? Because holy angels wouldn't do this. Fallen angels saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them as wives and so forth. And and then you drop down to verse 4. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, this is talking about angels, and they came into the daughters of men and bare uh, children to them. The same came, uh, became mighty men and were of old men of renown. Now, talk for hours about this, but keep it simple. It's very clear, and, and there's much debate on either side of this. But uh, some say this, that, that, that these angels did not come in and, and, and have sexual relations with women. And they say that's impossible. Now, I used to think that when I was young, younger, early on in the ministry. I, I didn't see that. But as I've studied over all these years, uh, after a lot of good scholars and did my own study on it, apparently those angels, there, there, there's a group of angels that came in and did cohabitate with these, these with, with, with the uh, daughters of men. And... Uh, um, you know that we we saw that uh, angels can take on human form, and uh, nonetheless, something happened here to bring these giants about. And the Bible's clear: there were giants. I know that one giant. I think his name was Og, if I'm not mistaken. Og, he had six. What he had six fingers and six toes, and I mean like ten foot tall, and and and. The Bible gives us the the length of a bed of one of the giants, uh, how long the bed was. I think I don't ten feet or something. I mean, where did these giants come? David dealt with the giants. Where did you know Goliath? Where did these giants come from? Uh, a lot of Bible scholars think that these uh, came from 
these uh, fallen angels going in and cohabitating with some of the uh, some women back here before the flood, and that what happened was is it corrupted the human race so badly, and sin was so rampant upon the earth in the days of Noah that God flooded the place, flooded the earth, and uh, and that was in part what brought about uh, Noah's flood, the, the flood of Noah's day. But it's very interesting. So if you look at Second Peter two four, we're just giving you some thoughts here about about angels, demons, and whatnot. Uh, some of y'all may have never thought about any of these things, but it's in the Bible. I'd encourage you to do your own study. Don't take my word for anything. Just go study it out on your own. And again, these are non-essential. We don't have to agree on it to be able to get along. I could be right. I could be wrong. This is just sharing with you from years of study. But uh, but anyway, those fallen angels that you know, I'm going to use the word apparently, apparently came in and, and, and cohabitated with uh, some of the daughters of men, with human human beings and brought about the giants and whatnot. Look, if you would, at Second Peter 2, 4, says this, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell. Now, this word hell here in the Greek, it's not, it's not Hades. It's not the place where human spirits go if they die having rejected the Lord Jesus. This is a different place. This is the Greek word Tartarus, T-A-R-T-A-R-O-S, Tartarus. Not, not Hades, but Tartarus. It's a special holding uh, dungeon, if you will, for the fallen angels. Now, some Bible scholars teach that all the fallen angels are in Tartarus. Some Bible scholars teach that the fallen angels who committed this sin with the women and 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 had sexual relations with them before the flood of Noah some teach some bible bible scholars teach that those are the fallen angels that are in this place of Tartarus you could argue it either way just interesting but god didn't spare the angels who sinned cast them down to hell now this is now i'll bring this out as we go this does not include uh, the, the devil, because we realize he's still roaming the earth, okay? You say, Pastor Terry, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think all the fallen angels went into Tartarus, or do you think uh, just the ones that committed the, the sin with those women, as we said, I personally think it's the ones that committed the sin with the women that that are in this place. That's what I personally think. Could be right, could be wrong, uh, but and the reason is, is that you see the devil, he's still, as I said, roaming, I think there's other fallen angels. We'll see this as we go. I, I think I'll be able to bring it out that there are other fallen angels that are in operation here upon uh, in the atmosphere of the earth and so forth. But I think that those fallen those fallen angels that committed to sin with those women in Genesis six are the ones that are held here. But he didn't spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to Tartarus. The King James translates it hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. You remember Jesus telling his disciples that they'd judge angels? Remember that? Uh, well, let me, let me take that back. Uh, I think I got that wrong. I don't, I don't, was it Jesus who said that or Paul? I don't know. There's an assignment for you. Uh, uh, check that out. It was, I don't know if it was Jesus who said that or if it was Paul who said it, but nonetheless, I know the New Testament says it, that we, the saints, will judge angels. It's not talking about holy angels. It's talking about the fallen angels. And think about that. But nonetheless, 
that's where uh, a group of fallen angels are held in uh, in chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. That's at a future time. Look at the book of Jude. Uh, there's only one chapter, but the sixth verse says, and the angels who did not keep their proper uh, domain, but left their own abode, he, God, has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness uh, for the judgment of the great day. So there's just another verse uh, showing that there's a group of angels that are locked in this place called Tartarus in chains of darkness. It's interesting if nonetheless. Now, uh, so with that being said, you say, well, where is Satan? Where is Satan? Well, uh, I, I, Satan is not bound to hell at this time. We, we know that he's not uh, because the Bible says, and I'm going to read it here in just a moment, but uh, well, let's just read it right now. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. First Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, walketh about, roams about. One translation says he walks at large. He just, you know, uh, seeking whom he may devour. So we're supposed to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So where is the devil? See, a lot of people think the devil's in hell. Well, I think the devil, I just, this is what I think. It's my opinion. Opinions are like noses. Just about everybody has one. But, but I think he can access hell. I think the Bible's clear that he has some sort of a limited access to heaven. Uh, you can look at the book of Job and see that. Uh, people argue that either way. But, but, but he's not confined to hell because the Bible says he's walking about on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. So it's interesting uh, and I think it's worthwhile to understand the devil's not locked in hell. Now he's going to be one of these days. He's going to be locked in to the bottomless pit. The Bible says in the book of revelation for a thousand years, actually that's a place down underneath hell. I mean, that's a bad, bad place. He's going to be locked there for, um, a thousand years. And then, and then eventually he's going into the lake of fire and will be confined there for eternity. But right now, he's walking. You got to understand that. He's walking. It gets real serious all of a sudden. The devil's walking about in the spirit realm. Not in the, I mean, we can't see him in the natural realm. He's in the spirit realm. He's walking about. Did you know the devil is not everywhere at the same time? Did you know that? He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not omnipresent. He, only, God, only God is omnipresent everywhere at the same time. The devil's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Now, he knows a lot, but he's been around a long time. But he doesn't know everything, you know. Uh, he, he said, does the devil know what I'm thinking? He doesn't know what you're thinking, but he can throw fiery darts of thoughts in into your mind. Absolutely. And uh, he's not all powerful either, like a lot of people think. We'll see that as we go. It'll bear itself out. He's got a, he don't, he don't have, he don't have much to work with as far as power at all. But we'll get to that in, in a moment. But he, he's walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. One version or one translation said, seeking those who will give him permission to devour them. Will you be somebody that don't give him permission to devour you? How, how about that? And then the Bible says, whom resist steadfast in faith. 
or in the faith. So we can resist him. Did you know that? Look, the devil's walking about. He's walking about. He's not everywhere at the same time, but he does have fallen angels. He does at his command. He's got demons at his command. So he's not, the devil's not everywhere at the same time, but, but he's got fallen angels that he commands. He's got demons that he commands. Absolutely. You need to understand that. See, a lot of people don't want to talk about this and you start talking about this kind of stuff. And a lot of times people think that I'm crazy for sharing it. Well, it's Bible, B-I-B-L-E. And, and, and you ignore this stuff and you don't, you don't think about it. I tell you what, then the Bible says the devil will be able to take advantage of you. You need to realize. Now, he's in the spirit realm. He's a dead spirit. You know what I mean by that? He's disconnected from the life of God, but he's very real. He's in the spirit realm. So are the fallen angels. So are the demons. We can't see them unless God allows us to see over in the spirit, which typically doesn't happen. Uh, but but they're there. And just because you, you don't see them doesn't mean that they're not there. And the devil's there. He's going about and he's seeking people whom he may devour. Will you be somebody, like I said, that he can't devour? You resist him in, 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 with the word of God and in faith, you see. You, you, need, you need to realize that. Uh, but uh, he, is, uh, uh, he is not confined to hell. He's not. Uh, look at Ephesians 2, verse 2. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 2. I think... He's prime. I'm giving you a lot of I thinks today. I just be reason I am is because some of these things you just the Bible doesn't give us enough just to to nail some of the like the pre Adamic race and the great gap theory and all that. Just doesn't give us enough to to be dogmatic. But I can just tell you what what the Bible does say. And and in my opinions, if the Bible's not a hundred percent clear on it, but but here look, look what the Bible says here. Now look at this. Uh, uh, I think the devil's primarily limited to the atmosphere of the earth in the spirit realm. Look at this, Ephesians 2, 2 says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. The Bible calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. This ha That has to do with the atmosphere around the earth. Primarily, he's confined, I believe, to the atmosphere around this earth. I think he has access into hell. I, I mean, at one point, he had the keys of hell and of death. So he definitely had access. I still think he does to some degree. I don't know to what degree. And even the Bible, as I said, some access to heaven, whatever that may be or may not be. I, you know, but, but he is the prince of the power of the air, the Bible calls him. And in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So here the Bible calls him the God of this world. But notice it's a little G, not a big G. A little g, he's the God of this world. Actually, it means the God of this world system. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But you have to understand that God gave this, this earth over to man, over to Adam. And then Adam essentially bowed his knee. You understand that? And, 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 and disobeyed God and he bowed his knee to the devil. And he turned the authority of this planet over to the devil. Absolutely, he did. And uh, you can see when the devil was tempting Jesus, how he offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. Because you see, he got them from Adam. The devil did. And so 
so uh, from all of that, but, but I got good news. I just hadn't got there yet. Jesus stripped that, stripped that buzzard. Glory to God, stripped the devil of his power. We'll get to that here in a moment. But the Bible does call him, calls him our adversary, calls him the prince of the power of the atmosphere, the, of the air, the God, small g, the God of this world system, the world system, not the world itself, but the world system. You understand? So, uh, and then it's, it's interesting. It says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Understand this. This is one of the most important things I've said today. Remember this. The devil is a blinder and a deceiver. He is a blinder and a deceiver. So you see, say, what does this have to do with my practical life? Well, the devil is out there. Fallen angels are out there. Demons are out there and they're out there and they're working primarily to deceive you, to blind you. Did you know everybody that is lost right now without Jesus Christ as their savior, every single one of them has been blinded by the devil. Absolutely, they've been blinded. Their spiritual understanding has been blinded. The Bible says that the God of this world system, speaking of the devil, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So he's very real. Yeah, but I can't see him, Pastor Terry. Well, that doesn't mean he's not there. It's like one guy, you know, have you ever seen your brain? Well, I've never seen my brain, but that, that doesn't mean you don't have one. I've never seen it. I may have seen it on an x-ray somewhere. I don't even think I've seen it on an x-ray, but, I, but, I, but I, I've never seen it, but it's there. See, the spiritual realm, we, we don't see it, but it's there. And the devil is there and him and the fallen angels, demons, they're out there to blind people. Think about it. And, uh, and look at, with that being said, Look at Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Let me go on here just a little while yet. Boy, I have so much fun teaching. But look at look at uh, Ephesians 6. I love teaching the word of God. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Now, look at this. Did you know there's ranks of, of angelic beings? Now, certainly there's ranks of, of the holy angels. You know, Michael is called the, uh, the archangel. And... Um, you know, of course, you have the heavenly host and whatnot. So if you studied into the holy angels, there appears to be a rank amongst them. But there are ranks of spiritual wickedness also. You need to be aware of this. Watch this. Ephesians six twelve says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So that means that your next door neighbor, your 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 uh uh boss at work, your mother in law, <laughs> father in law, whoever it might be, wife. You know, whoever it is, brother, sister, whoever it is, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Those people aren't your problem. But against what? What do we wrestle against? We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You need to be aware of that. There is a spiritual ranking of of the demonic or the or the or the the evil world, if you will, and a spiritual ranking among fallen angels and demons, and uh, uh, it, it says it right here: we don't wrestle against human beings, flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against. You need to understand that against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This would have to do with the devil, who'd be the top-ranking uh, uh, in the in the world of darkness. He'd have to be the top-ranking one there. But then uh, you've got the fallen angels, you've got demons, 
and they're in ranks. And see, people don't realize that. And you need to. There's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. They're there. They're very real. And I'm convinced their number one uh, uh, plot against humanity is to blind us and deceive us. Other things they do, certainly you could make argument, but to blind us and deceive us. Look at First Corinthians. First uh, Corinthians. Look at Colossians one sixteen. Start with they both start with C. Look at Colossians one sixteen. Colossians one sixteen says, "For by him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible." Underline that word invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Now you think about that, and they're in the spirit realm. They're spirit beings. Okay, and uh, they're invisible. Now, he talks about some visible ones uh, as well. Uh, all things were created for by Jesus. All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities or powers. Now, we taught you last week from uh, two of those Old Testament books. I, I, I think it was Ezekiel, if I'm not mistaken, how you had the king of the prince of tyre and the king of tyre remember and how that that prince of tyre was a human being but the king of tyre was really the devil that was ruling over the the the, the, the uh, prince the human being and the human being became a lot like the devil because he was yielding himself we talked about how you know the devil and demons and fallen angels you know have set themselves up over 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 uh you know over countries and over over cities and states and you know, even over Washington, D.C. and whatnot. And we talked about that in a, in, in a uh, future, in a past session. But, uh, but here, here it says that it brings it out that these thrones, these dominions, these principalities, some of them, you know, are like that, that prince of Tyre. It was a natural, you could see it. It was in the natural realm. Just like you can see the different city cities and towns around the, the nation. But there's also, you need to realize this, there's spiritual powers up above those. There are. And, uh, and whether visible, so the ones we can see are visible, but then there's invisible ones. And uh, see, so you start talking about this stuff, I want to say it again. People start thinking you're crazy. That's just what the devil wants everybody to think. That he's not there and that people like me talking about this stuff are crazy. Well, you know, that's just what the devil wants everybody to think. But I'm telling you, the Bible's clear. There is a spirit world and there's visible uh, uh, thrones and kingdoms and and uh, like Washington, D.C. And, and, and the presidency and whatnot. That's a visible king. Uh, uh, I say kingdom, but it's it's visible to us. It's a seat of authority. It's visible to us. The queen of England. That's a that's a, you know, over to the queen and whatnot. Different kings and queens around the world and whatnot. Those are visible to us. But you need to realize there's spiritual things that set up that are set up over uh, those as well. And and the devil wants us to think that those invisible ones aren't there, but they are, and they're very real, and you need to be aware of that. Now, let me close with some really good news. We have authority over all of these demonic powers. If we're born again and we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have authority over them, and that is is good news. Now, you know, look at Luke and I'll close with, give me about 10 more minutes and I'll, I'll, I'll close. 
Luke, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse, says the 70, this was uh, some of his disciples out beyond uh, uh, the, the, the 12, uh, of his 12 apostles, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, that's good news. That is good news. Now they say, are the demons the same as the fallen angels? Well, you know what? I think they're different, but whether they're different, whether they're the same, we've got authority over them. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. So whether they're different or whether they're the same, we got authority over them. Glory to God. And that's a good thing. But, but the 70, Jesus had sent them out and he gave them his name to use and they had authority over demons. And they came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And, and so that was good. But then in the process of time, Jesus went to the cross. He died there, and much I, I could teach for hours on this, what I'm about to tell you here in about a couple of minutes. But, but look, if you would, at Colossians 2.15, when Jesus was raised from the dead, look what happened. It says he spoiled, well, well he, let's read this, and then we'll, we'll go to Ephesians, but let's read this. Have, this is Colossians 2.15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, what in what? Oh, his complete redemptive work, when he redeemed man back. Remember how I told you a while ago how man, when he sinned, fell through the spiritual ranks, went from being just under God to being down below the fallen angels and demons. But when Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross and We'll read here in a moment, raised from the dead. He raised those who will believe in him. He raised mankind all the way back up through the spiritual ranks, all the way back up to the top, right under God, right where Adam and Eve were before they sinned. That's wonderful. But when he did that, he spoiled these principalities and powers. What does that word spoiled mean? One translation says he brought them to naught. Glory to God. Uh, uh, we could say it this way. He stripped them of their power. Glory to God. Boy, I get excited. I feel the anointing when, praise God, he stripped the devil. When did he do it? Look at Ephesians 1 verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which God the Father, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all, A-L-L, all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Glory to God. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he stripped the devil of his power, the power and authority that he got from Adam in the garden of Eden when Eve was deceived, but the man was not. And, and, and the devil got that authority that God gave Adam. He got that power and authority. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, he stripped the devil of that glory to God. And he was raised up. And, and, and the Bible says when he raised him, when God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand far above 
above all principality, power, might, dominion. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he stripped the devil and he raised the body of Christ. All the, those that will believe in Jesus all the way up over the devil, all the way back to where Adam and Eve were before they sinned. Glory to God. That is exciting. Somebody said, well, I'm just a little toe on the body of Christ. Well, if you're the little, even if you are the little toe on the body of Christ, you're still far above, not just a little bit above or slightly above or somewhat above, but far above all principality and power and might. And glory to God, even if you are the little toe on the body of Christ, you outrank the devil. You need to know that. Glory to God. Praise God. I get excited. Feel the anointing. Did you know you can feel the anointing? Absolutely you can. And I'm feeling it right now. Maybe it's coming right through that. That media is right to you. Glory to God. Praise God. That same power that's flowing out here now. If you've got sickness in your body, receive your healing right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Receive your healing. And send us an email and let you know you just got healed. Praise God. I'm excited about the power of God. But nonetheless, look what else happened. Revelation 1.18 says, Jesus said, when he appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos, he said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Praise God. When he was raised from the dead, he stripped the devil. He, he, he just spoiled him, brought him to naught, stripped him of his power. He took the keys of hell. He took the keys of death. Glory to God. And he walked, Jesus walked out of that tomb on resurrection morn. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Praise God. That's exciting, isn't it? Stripped the devil, gave us the power. Glory to God. And then he says, all authority has been given to me. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, you go. Take my name and you go. And if you look at Mark's account of that, he says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. That's what Jesus said. Believers living right now in the year 2022 ought to be doing as we go about living our life. That there's times we're going to in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. He said in my name, in the name of Jesus, we'll be able to cast out demons. As we go along in this series, I'm going to give you some, some testimonies where, where, I, where I've had to do that over the years. Hasn't happened often, hasn't happened a lot, but it's happened a few times. Some quite interesting testimonies I'm going to share with you as we move down the road. Praise God forevermore, but we have the authority over the devil, over fallen angels, over the demons in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you need to know that. And most Christians don't have the first clue that they've got authority over the devil. Most Christians that I've dealt with are scared, running scared silly of the devil. If they even, if they even give him any, any, even give him any attention at all. A lot of Christians are, they're just oblivious that he's even out there, but he's out there. And other Christians know he's out there, but they're, they're scared to death of him. No, no, the, if you know who you are in Christ, what does the Bible say? We read it a moment ago. The devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And then the Bible says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. 
Let me tell you what, the devil's far more afraid of you than you need to be of him. If you know who you are in Christ, but so many Christians don't have the first clue who they are in Christ. But if you know who you are in Christ and you know your authority, you can rise up in faith in the name of Jesus and you can run the devil out. I'm telling you, it's the truth. And I'll give you some testimonies how we've done that over the years. Praise God forevermore. So you say, well, what power, Pastor Terry, does the devil have then? What power does he have? Well, Jesus stripped him, but the Bible does call him the prince of the power of the air. The Bible does call him the God of this world system. The Bible does call him our adversary. And uh, we wrestle against him, the Bible said. You know, but the good news is we wrestle against him. But the good news is, is we've got more power than he, we've got far, it's not even close. It's not even close. I remember when I was uh, up through the eighth grade, I, I started wrestling. Just I like wrestling when I was a kid and whatnot. But I don't mean the kind you see on the WWF. I mean just what's considered what like you, like like you see in college wrestling and whatnot. I, I started doing that in the fifth grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade, eighth grade, and 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 I I, I just I, I beat I beat everybody that I wrestled. I'd pin them, and that was a lot of fun. I just never lost a match undefeated. And uh, because I was wrestling people that I was more powerful than, you know. And uh, I got to ninth grade and I went up against this guy, I wrestled him. And all of a sudden, 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 things weren't going the way they ought to have been going. And uh, for me, and the next thing you know, uh, uh, this guy's doing things I'd never seen done before. And and he's got more strength, more power. And the things that were working on these other lesser opponents weren't working on him. The next thing you know, I, I got one, two, I got pinned, man. <laughs> I got pinned. And that's the first time that ever happened. And I thought, oh, my God. See, I came up against somebody that was stronger than me. And I lost. And so I got out of wrestling and started playing golf. But be that as it may, you see, we wrestle against the devil. But what's the good news? We've got more, we've got more authority and power than he does. So what's his power then? What's his power? The main power that the devil has, and I've said it before, but I'm closing with this, is deception. Deception. He's a blinder. He's a deceiver. And, and just like this message today, you know, uh, he'll try to get people that would listen to this to think that I'm crazy for even talking about this. See, that's what the devil wants you to think. He doesn't want anybody to even know he's there. And, uh, uh, and he blinds people. He deceives people. And that is his number one power. Jesus stripped him. He did. I've been talking about that for the last 10 minutes. But he does have the power of deception. You can see that in the Bible. And uh, he's got so many people in this world deceived. Like I said, everyone that's lost without Christ is deceived. They're blinded. And so many of the uh, of the church world is deceived about so many different things. And, uh, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, it says, No marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Did you ever think about that? Satan, who is a fallen angel, he was one time, he was an angel of light, but he fell, as we've said. And uh, But he can still transform himself and appear as an angel of light, absolutely, and, and make you think that he is one and deceive you. You know some of the cults, I, I'm thinking about the Mormons right now. I tell you what, you study into that a little bit and you'll see that they, they've been deceived. 
And what happened in, in all that you study into it, Satan transformed himself into an angel of light, deceived them. A lot of people going to hell there because they're deceived. And I'm not taking it back. Mormonism, like Jehovah's Witness, that, those are cults. And, and people need to get out of those things. Absolutely. But they've been deceived by the devil. The devil's transformed himself into an angel of light. And we need to be aware of that. And not be deceived by him. Did you ever hear somebody that they're a rank heathen, a lost uh, person with, that they're atheists? They know they, they they reject Jesus Christ completely, and they get they've had a near death experience. And there's been a multitudes of these. And and I'm talking sinners. I'm not talking Christians now, but sinners. And they'll die, and they'll have have a near death experience. You know, and they come back, and they'll say they saw this great light. Now you have Christians. They'll give the, they'll give a, a, a experience how they're you know they're believers in the Lord trust in Him they die they see the light okay but and that don't bother me because that's in line with the Bible because God is light you die to be absent from the body present with the Lord He's light there's a whole lot of light <laughs> absolutely but what about when these when these sinners and rank heathens and atheists die and they see in the light too they see a light too come on now come on now that 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 does not compute. What's happening? The devil can transform himself into an angel of light. I tell you what, people that die without Christ, they see a light. They're not seeing the light of God, in my opinion. They're seeing, a, they're seeing something that's going to turn into to the fires of hell. Absolutely. You understand the devil can transform himself into an angel of light and deceive many. And so many people, like I said, every lost person is deceived because their minds are blinded right now from seeing Jesus. But I tell you what, uh, a lot of the Christian world lay, lay, in this, lay in darkness, deceived by the devil also. So why am I teaching this today? Maybe to shed some light, hopefully to shed some light out there in the, in the world and people listening to me that, uh, that, that uh, these things are real and we need to be aware of them. You know, um, the Bible says, if you're out there and you're listening to me and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've been blinded. The devil has deceived you. You're blinded. The Bible says so. But the Bible goes on to say that we ought to, uh, as believers, let, 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 let the light of the gospel shine out. So what I want to do right now is I want to call you to Christ. I want you to repent of your sins. I want you to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Make Him the Lord of your life. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I tell you what, if you'll receive Jesus, that darkness, those, those, the, that darkness that's on your spiritual understanding will fall off. I tell you what, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ will shine unto you. And you'll miss hell one day. And when you die, glory to God, you'll see the light of God. You'll go to be with Him. And I tell you what, that sure beats going to hell. So receive Jesus and do it now. Hey, next week I'm going to pick up with this subject and we're going to go into the Bible. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some Bible instances of, of, of demonic manifestation. And we'll take some time to do that. And in the process of time, I'm going to give you some personal examples where I've had to deal with the devil myself. So, hey... God bless you. Hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.